Welcome to Beer Hole. My name is Big Wave Dave. I'm joined live, as usual, with just myself. Just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm doing a solo pod today. Uh, I've got uh, Henry the baby here with me sleeping. We haven't done a podcast in a few weeks, so I just wanted to jump on here and uh, let y'all know that the podcast is still going strong. It's just we are at a very boring part of the golf calendar, so we decided to give ourselves some time off. That said, thanks for joining me. I will hit you with 20 minutes or so of insight and analysis. Oh, Henry wants to get in the podcast. If you hear a crying baby behind me, that's because I have a four-month-old. And he's sitting on the couch. We just got back from Top Golf. Let me tell you. Let's dive into that first. They opened a Top Golf in El Segundo. Uh, they've been trying to get this done for for about a decade. The problem was there was a, uh, a nine hole pitch and putt that was owned by the city of El Segundo, and uh, Top Golf wanted to basically bulldoze that and turn it into a parking lot. But El Segundo played hardball and said, "Listen here, motherfuckers, if you want to build a Top Golf here on our land." You will keep that par three uh, golf course uh, running because it means a lot to our city. It means a lot to the community. So what happened was they uh, did sell the parking lot to that golf course and and demolished the uh, existing driving range in El Segundo, built the biggest goddamn top golf. I've ever been to, um, I mean, I've been to uh, Top Golf's in Vegas, Scottsdale, Indianapolis got one. This thing is three stories. I think you got about 300 bays. Uh, you got four bars and there are televisions in there that are literally like 20 feet by 42 feet. It's, it's fucking insane. And you got the big giant video monitors out there um, on, on the back of the driving range. So I go out there with my, uh, my mom, my dad, and my brother today. And of course, young Henry, and uh, we, we play the traditional top golf game. We have some fun, uh, you know, obviously I'm a long hitter, but not a precise hitter. So my brother absolutely dusts me in the traditional top golf game. Uh, and then we play the, 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 I believe it's top score. And, and that's about like going big or going home. Every time you hit the back net, you get 50 or 75 points. I fucking waxed my family in that. And then we played angry birds, top golf. So angry birds, top golf is fucking insane. Basically they've got the track man at every bay. And it, it, when you hit the golf ball, you're looking at a video screen of like the traditional angry birds. And it's kind of looking at the launch angle of your ball. So you hit a ball straight, you will launch the bird straight and it, you know, goes and topples the buildings, hits the TNT, blows the shit out of the pigs. It's absolutely insane what the technology they've, they've got going over there. Now um, you can also play different golf courses virtually. I think I had a buddy that was playing Pebble beach there a couple of weeks ago, you could play Augusta. So you know, top golf, it's now that we're kind of like back to a, a hybrid work environment, it, it's going to be every work happy hour you go to the rest of your lives. And, you know, we played for an hour today. We didn't drink uh, actually an hour and a half, got some coffees. We had to go there at 10 AM because it, this thing is popping so hard in El Segundo. When we got there at 10 AM, there was a line out the door. So um, getting there on a, a reservation on a Friday or Saturday night, it's just not going to happen in the near future. So, um, yeah, I said, fuck it. Went at 10 AM today and, and had a blast. So, um, I can't imagine how much fun it would be with the boys, like over playing four hours, seven pitchers, just roasting each other back and forth. Such a good time. So back to that, uh, that nine hole course I was telling you about. So they kept 
this course um, in, in, in function, so to speak, and they built a 10th hole and they put a track man on this 10th hole. So you go up there, it's about a 120 yard par three, you hit, and then the top tracer technology shows on a screen uh, next to you. It traces your ball, shows you the bend. It's just like Top Golf, and uh, it, you get you scan a QR code, and it uh, sends you a video to your phone. So it can't recommend it enough. Uh, the Top Golf in El Segundo. Okay, what's going on in the golf world? Well, uh, let's start things off with the Saudi Golf League Live Tour. If you were, um, it's all over the news. Uh, there are more and more. Uh, names leaking out. We now know that Lee Westwood is going to be playing uh, on this tour. Uh, when asked for comment why, he's basically said, look, I'm a fucking professional golfer. And, and the subtext was, I'm almost 50. My career is almost over. And I'm going to make a fat chunk of change before I get out of here. We know Phil Mickelson's heading over there. More on him later. Sergio, uh, yesterday at the Wells Fargo Championship, got into a fight with a rules official and was overheard in a hot mic saying something along the lines of, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to leave this tour. I can't wait till I don't have to deal with you motherfuckers ever again. So one could infer that Sergio will also be going. Um, some other names that we've heard about, uh, Garrigus is heading over there. We think Bubba Watson's heading over there. Um, really, I think what you're going to see, not I don't necessarily think it's going to be like a political thing. I think you're going to find a lot of these guys that are in their 40s. They are in the twilight of their career on the PGA tour. I mean, Bubba Watson, you know, he's, he's won a couple masters, uh, you know, he, he gets a, a traveler's championship now and then. Um, but he, he is probably done competing at a super high level on the PGA tour. Lee Westwood had a bit of a heater last year to kind of kick off the year. Um, but a lot of these guys over 40, they're just going to grab the money, right. And, and sail off into retirement. And uh, you know, the, the Phil Mickelson, book is coming out here in a few days and the big story in golf this week was that well phil mickelson uh it racked up 40 million dollars in, in gambling debts over the last 10 or so years so uh there's a reason that he's going out there um i mean it, it, it's hard to reconcile that this whole endeavor is, is funded by the saudi government it's a loss leader they they want to kind of distract you from their uh human rights violations and uh you know make you think like oh this is cool they're doing sports it's called sport washing they did the same thing with wwe uh, a few years ago with their their crown jewel pay-per-view but if you are a golfer um in again you're towards the end of your career you're probably not going to be competing to win any majors maybe you can pick up a small tournament win like like Stuart sink had that bit of a heater last year when he won these bullshit tournaments, maybe that'll happen. But if you have an opportunity to play an eight tournament schedule, make millions and millions of dollars for very little effort. I it, it's hard to say no. Uh, Lee Westwood did say, you know, I'm a professional. He's, he's trying to set up generational wealth for his family. And um, you can say whatever you want about the politics of that, but uh if Lee Westwood doesn't go, someone else will. So <laughs> I'm sure Lee is like, I'll take that money. I, I think you're going to see a lot of the European tour guys head over there and a lot of aging PGA tour players. It'll be really interesting to see, uh, you know, if Bryson actually heads over there or if there is kind of um, one or two young hotshots from the PGA tour. It's going to be a very lengthy, protracted legal battle. Um, if the PGA tour says 
that they will give a lifetime ban for anyone that plays on this tour. Uh, you're really looking at like a, a monopoly situation. So uh, I, I'm sure that Monaghan will try to ban these guys. I'm sure there will be a, uh, a lawsuit and I wouldn't be surprised if to see this go all the way to the Supreme court, but um, you know, strange days we live in uh, a, a lot of people are quick to kill these guys online. I'm sure the majority of them that go over there are going to lose their sponsors. And, you know, if you're making a lot of sponsorship money, it's probably a bad idea for you to go. But if you are looking at the dollars and cents and say, hmm, I can play three events this year and I'm guaranteed to make, you know, two or three million dollars and I'm 46 years old. Well, it's going to have a, a grand appeal to those folks uh, that are no longer in the top 100 in the world. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the state of golf. So we haven't spoken since our uh, Masters preview. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler wins that tournament um, and just really cements his status, the number one player in the world. I mean, he is on an all-time fucking heater. I mean, I think he has won like four times in his last seven or eight starts. That has never – well, I'm sure it has been done before, but it, it, in modern times, that that has – frankly not been done not been accomplished scotty was one of those guys that everyone was saying you know he's the next big thing next big thing and we just kept waiting waiting for him to get a win you know and, and it didn't come he played great at the Ryder cup last year and then 2022 starts and he just goes on a, you know a heater for the record book so really proud of scotty uh it'll be interesting to see you know what he does the rest of this calendar year um we're right around the corner from the pga championship that's an event that could shape up well for him. I don't know about his prospects in, in, in Europe, but you know, he's another guy that like he could be great pick for the U.S. Open. So we shall see. It's certainly been the year of Scotty. Um, elsewhere, you've got Xander and Cantley won the, the two-man Zurich, the, uh, the partner event, which is hilarious because Xander Shoffley hasn't had a full, a real event win in years, I believe, since that tour championship he won in, 2018 so you know he got his gold medal and he was also the uh leader to par uh at a tour championship where um he did not win the tournament because of where he started out you'll remember they do kind of that uh ranked scoring where the uh number one player in the world starts at 10 under number two eight under so he, he get, gets credit in the official world golf rankings um for winning that same thing rom did last year but it, it's not an actual tournament win so um this is a tournament uh, win that gets you to the Tournament of Champions. But uh, if it were not for um, Xander's otherwise ranking points, it wouldn't even get you into the Masters because you do not get a full allocation of FedEx Cup points. Um, but, you know, it, it was kind of funny to see because these were two guys that people were really high on going into the year. Uh, Cantley had a decent start, didn't really could, didn't get a win. Um, you know, he's reigning player of the year. Uh, a lot of people will say he didn't earn his win at Colonial. A lot of people will say that he did not win, earn his win at, um, at the Tour Championship because Rom beat him to par. Rom should have been sitting at number one in the FedEx Cup, uh, if not for being disqualified after 54 holes with a massive lead. Um, he would have won that tournament, would have been number one, and his score to par would have won him the Tour Championship and made him player of the year. That said, Rom hadn't really done dick this year uh, until this past weekend. He was putting like a real asshole and 
you know, he was finishing in the top 10, finishing in the top 20, wasn't playing, you know, egregiously bad golf, but wasn't winning. This was a guy that was the number one player in the world. And we had super high hopes for this year. Uh, you know, he was, he won the U S open last year. Um, and I, I think that he's gotten to a point in his career where it truly is major or bust. Um, we'll talk a little bit about a few guys that are also underperforming later, but, uh, Rom won last week at the, the Mexican Open. Um, so this was a new tournament on the calendar, uh, kind of sort of replaced the WGC that we used to have down there. So uh, new event uh, on, on tour, had an absolutely dog shit field. But, uh, you know, he went out there and, and, and won the tournament. So I'm sure even though it's a shitty tournament, it's a, it's a full point event. Um, uh, it's a slump buster. It's like when you break up with your girlfriend, you go to the bar, you bring home a five. The sex counts, but you're not thrilled about it, right? You're, you're not bragging to the homies the next day. Okay, let's talk about a few guys that can't get anything going. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth kind of backed into a tournament win a few weeks ago and Everyone got super stoked, but again, it was, it was kind of a smaller tournament. Um, a person who was dying for a win that would probably take anything right now is Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas last win was at the players championship last year. So he's now gone an entire year without a win and Holy shit, y'all I'm watching the Wells Fargo championship right now. And it is an absolute monsoon. Matthew Wolf, who went super low yesterday and had, um, uh, share the lead for most of the day just had like a fucking three inch puddle in the middle of the fairway i'm wondering if they're gonna have to call us uh, right now but sorry uh, i'm getting off track here um justin thomas uh really needs to turn it around at some point this season uh you know he, he mentioned last year that he considered the year a failure because he didn't win a major well uh he won the players last year that's kind of cool he hasn't won shit this year and and hasn't been particularly close. Um, he had one tournament where he was kind of knocking on the door with Sam Burns, but just couldn't get anything going on Sunday, finished third place. Uh, haven't heard much from him. Now, again, there's, there's three more majors this year, um, but Justin can't get anything going. Uh, another guy that can't seem to get out of his own way is the guy I'm looking at right now. Rory McIlroy also just hit out of a puddle. Hilarious. Now Rory had a heroic charge on Sunday at the masters, but he's playing in the Wells Fargo championship this week with a pretty shit field. Um, right now, Jason day, who hasn't won in four years to the day, May 6th, 2018 was the last time he won a tournament. It was this, it was this specific tournament, the, the Wells Fargo championship. Uh, Rory is the class of this field. And, and right now he is flirting with the cut line. So Rory, uh, another guy that, that can't really seem to get anything going. Um, to be quite honest, it's been kind of a down year for European golf. I don't want to say that like these guys got their ass kicked at the Ryder Cup and now are just incapable of fighting back. But you know, Victor Hovland's another one that we had super high hopes for. He played the Zurich with Colin Morikawa a couple of weeks ago and they didn't do shit. Um, these guys, you know, he's one of the best ball strikers in the world, but like a lot of guys on tour this season, he just can't get a putt to save his life. Um, so that's kind of the state of European golf. Now, if you look 
rest of the world, there's some really interesting things going on. Uh, you know, Cam Smith, the, the young Australian, he's been playing lights out. You know, he, he had a shot at the Masters before kind of really falling apart on Sunday. Um, you, you look at some of these uh, Chileans, you know, the Joaquin Neiman and, and, and Mito Pereira, they're young and exciting. The, the, the Koreans are, are always fun to cheer for. Sungjae, Siwoo, uh, Ben An is down at the Corn Ferry Tour, just tearing shit up right now. Uh, Abe Answers come down to earth a little bit, but uh, you know you, you got some crafty South Africans. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the the, the Presidents Club, or sorry, Presidents uh, Trophy tournament uh, kind of shapes up this year. Probably going to see a lot of changes. Um, with the American team from last year's Ryder Cup. Uh, I, I can't imagine you would see Tony Finau on that team right now. Tony Finau got a win at – a really quiet win at, in the playoffs last year that everyone kind of forgets hasn't done anything since uh, other than the Ryder Cup win. Uh, Brooks Kepka is all over the place. He's probably off the team now. I don't know if Daniel Berger makes that team again. And, and Harris English has been out most of the year with injury. So certainly some turnover. I, I think you'll see a guy like Sam Burns uh, really threaten to make that team. Um, it, it's going to be fun. You might also have some guys just opt out. The President's Cup uh, is not really historically treated with the same prestige as the Ryder Cup. So uh, as we kind of wind down, we'll try to bring you a podcast next week. Just wanted to give my overall thoughts on uh, on the state of golf right now. Yeah, Wells Fargo second round. Friday's almost over now. Jason Day ten under. Max Home at seven under. They're giving Jason Day a lot of respect. He is basically even money to win this tournament right now. For and they're playing in ridiculous weather conditions. So a three three shot lead could go away in one hole. Um, I would take the field right now, even though Day has a three-stroke lead. It's not that I don't like him. It's just that I don't trust anyone in this weather. Um, so, yeah, what else are we looking at? Well, you know, my parents are in town, and uh, they are babysitting the child tonight. Uh, we are going to – Anna and I are going to go raving and stay over at a friend's house. Haven't gone raving since the birth of Henry. Very exciting stuff. Extremely exciting stuff. Went uh, took Henry to Disneyland last weekend. Let me talk to you parents for a second. I thought I was going to be the all-American dad. It was. We haven't celebrated my my brother's birthday together live together as a family in like three years because of the COVID pandemic. I was supposed to take him to his uh, first Disneyland trip for his thirtieth. Didn't happen. Disney was closed. COVID didn't happen last year either. This year, third try, we go down there. We go to, to Goofy's Kitchen, which is a buffet at the Disneyland Hotel. You got all the characters running around taking photos and videos and shit. The kids are going absolutely ballistic. It's super fun. Uh, we got a hotel uh, at the JW Marriott, and then we, we're 8 a.m. We are ready to fucking go to Disneyland. Uh, Anna, my mom, my brother, and me sprint to star wars land as soon as we get there we go on rise of the resistance might be the best goddamn ride of all time then we go on the millennium falcon ride it kicks ass we hit up space mountain it kicks ass and then my dad who's been alone with the baby all morning i'm like all right let's get my dad and henry involved i'm gonna take henry on some some rides the first ride we take lord henry on it's a small world let me tell you i thought he would find the the, the dancing dolls and the singing and the little fucking penguins flipping around. 
I thought he would find that fun and soothing. False. False. He absolutely fucking hated it. He cried the whole time. He tried to jump out of the boat. It was a whole scene. And I thought, well, you know, some people find that ride creepy. Let's try something else. I take him on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride which is some it's this like old school ride that's been around since they opened Disneyland in like the 60s. They don't even have it at uh, Disney World anymore at the Magic Kingdom. But they still got it at Disneyland. I had forgotten what the, this, this is like one of those dark rides, like Snow White, Peter Pan. You're like, you know, it's a little carnival ride. You're on a cart. It's like taking quick turns. Forgot how dark this ride was. It's about a, a frog and his, his rat friend that go drunk driving through the London countryside, get arrested, break out of jail, get drunk again, get hit by a train and killed, and go to hell. As you can imagine, Henry did not enjoy this ride either. He was really screaming up a storm at this point. I figured we'll try one more ride. We take him on the Jungle Cruise. You know, it's a slow boat ride around. You got animals shooting water and shit. You're laughing at the the hyenas and the elephants. Your uh, tour guide's making horrible jokes. They made a Dwayne Johnson movie out of it. Well, Henry, uh, after waiting in line for 25 minutes, falls asleep in my arms. As soon as the ride starts, sleeps through the whole goddamn thing. And honestly, that was a success. That was the, the most successful ride we had with Henry all day. So did I have fun at Disneyland? Yes. Did my parents, did Anna, did Kevin? Yes. Uh, four months, probably a little too young for Lord Hank. So there you have it, folks. Uh, hope you enjoyed this solo pod. I'm, I'm really burning it today. Monday morning podcast. Sorry, uh, but I'll have Doug and Al back with me next week and we'll talk about some golf and, and hear what kind of debauchery Doug's getting into in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear Al, Al bought a fucking house. Congrats to Al. So we'll, we'll hear about that. And uh, shouts to our uh, London listeners, Annie and Jamie. Thank you for keeping this international podcast. I'll see everyone next week. And y'all remember, God made 18 packs for a reason. See ya.